Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking health. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Well, hello, listeners. Hello, Sarah. Hello. I went to Capitol Hill and I survived. (laughs) Now I am ready to introvert so hard. (laughs) I so know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, It's a thing to be an outgoing introvert. It's a thing for sure. Um, and for those, I think we've talked about on the podcast before who are like, what? You guys can't be introverts. So for me in particular, um, very, very introverted. Yeah. Yes. We love people. Um, but the kind and the, and the interaction, we love it, but what it does is it drains our energy. And so we need to recharge by being Either with yeah. ourselves or with loved ones. Uh, like, mine's typically by myself curled up in the fetal position. Exactly. <laughs> I, I said like, to people today, I was like, I just want to crawl in a dark corner. Well, <laughs> like, I just, I, just, I, I really, um, you know, like normal day-to-day life, you know, socializing at the grocery store, I don't, I don't necessarily need to recharge. But um, the type of big events like the one that you're getting off of, those are the ones where – no, I I just really need to be by myself. Maybe with a bowl of ice cream. Ice cream is excellent company in these situations. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I I just really, um, and it's it's almost like I don't feel right until I've had a few hours by myself. Like um, they just they just wipe me out. And I love them. And I you know like it's it's an an amazing experience. And I and I wouldn't take it away for anything. It's um, just the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is an extrovert finds it energizing. Whereas, um, I, I have to recover and and you're the same. Yeah. My recovery of choice this afternoon was a double burger because Mm -hmm. the events that I was at had like pre-made nice, very nice, you know, meals for everybody. But it was Nightshade City. And so I haven't had a protein because evidently protein can't be cooked without tomatoes, peppers, or spices. <laughs> um, and I'm not actually super picky with spices. Like, I can do paprika. But anyway, um, I haven't had, like, a protein with a meal in, like, four or five days. So I was really excited. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think that's part of the reason that I'm also... In addition to needing to introvert so hard. Oh, uh, anytime your food energy drained changes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I want to, I do want to talk about it though. I don't want to, this is coming off super negative and that's not how I meant it. I, I meant to joke around, but um, I, I do want to talk about this, this weekend that I had, ah. but um, I don't know that I have much more than that. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about specifically what I did this weekend leading up to it. 
I wasn't exactly sure what we were doing. Um, <laughs> because over the last couple of years, so over the last four years, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to use a brand name, but this honestly has absolutely nothing to do with the brand. It just happens to be that I went, um, with a group of people from a brand, but what I was doing was for all Americans to have better personal, um, product safety. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but, um, so for four years in a row, beauty counter has gone to Washington DC to quote unquote, March 4th on March 4th, which is their anniversary or whatever, um, on DC to ask for better legislation. It was 1938. The last time a law was passed and that law is one and a half pages long on what personal care safety standards are. And the law basically says that no one has any right to do anything, if I'm going to paraphrase. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, no, no government entity has the right to control it, which means commerce can do anything they'd like, including incredibly unsafe, toxic, carcinogen type things that we've talked about here in this podcast. And we'll put a link in the show notes to the episode, Sarah. Okay, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, because I want you to pause there for a second. So uh, we've talked on the show before about uh, compounds that sneak into uh, cosmetics, shampoos, conditioners. And we've shared before, like our, our, we, we use different products, but we both have favorites that are uh, very natural and safe. And, um, but there are some things that are banned by the FDA for use 30 like, ingredients so i'm getting to that yeah so do you want me to do you want me to continue yeah well I, I think i think my question and and this is maybe the the canadian in me who's not as familiar with the processes as i should be but when you think about um the approval processes for uh, a food or a supplement or a drug are are you actually saying that cosmetics and personal care products don't have to go through any, like the ingredients that are used don't have to go through any kind of safety approval. Is, Absolutely. Is that... That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. The FDA oh, has, what? <laughs> we did a science episode on this. I thought you knew I know, that. But I mean, I knew that the regulations were really lax. I didn't think I realized that there was like no evaluation whatsoever. I didn't Zero. realize there were no regulation. Yeah, I so, just thought FDA doesn't care. I didn't realize that they don't do. No, they don't have the authority. So I'll give an example. So a few years ago, there was um, an issue with formaldehyde being in Brazilian blowout treatment products. And it was determined unequivocally that the formaldehyde was incredibly dangerous to both the administrator uh, administers, the hairdressers that were putting this product on people day in and day out, as well as the people who were receiving it, seeping it into the pores of their hair, and then a heat application being applied to their hair follicles to have someone have smooth and straight hair. And it was advertised as a keratin treatment. Um, 
And because zero disclosure of ingredients is required, this is another issue that we currently have. Not only are ingredients not regulated, but they don't have to be disclosed. Um, no one knew until people's hair started falling out and people started having incredible health problems. Mary Louise Parker, if people remember, actually came out um, to the forefront and said that she had gone almost bald from using keratin treatments and asked for something to be done. And nothing could be done. Like they, the FDA couldn't even do a recall to say, pull out this product. It's, we, it's a known health hazard. There was zero things they could do. So if something comes out in the market and um, it's a health hazard like a supplement, as you alluded to, and you learn later that it's uh, similar to the drug speed, you're familiar with the idea that FDA has the authority, even though they might not have tested that product because it's not a classified pharmaceutical, they can pull that ingredient. They can pull the products containing that ingredient that's a health hazard from shelves. They cannot do that with personal care products. It's exempt because of the one-page 1938 law. So the Personal Care Product Safety Act um, is what is currently being floated. And my my confusion about what this whole trip was, was because for years, um, Beauty Counter as a brand has been representing all of Americans and asking for the ability for FDA to regulate personal care products, because currently it's ridiculous, as you just noted, yeah. and um, has been asking for better. But nothing has been done. Like not, there's There was nothing like coming to the surface other than just saying like, this is ridiculous and we need more, we need more, we need more. Um, as you can imagine, there aren't a lot of people lobbying for this because it, you know, big companies don't want to be restricted. So they have lobbyists saying, you don't need this. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. Don't do it, government. Um, so what was really cool about this trip is that the Personal Care Product Safety Act actually is going to committee next month, which means it's actually something that's coming to fruition. And it's something that could make a difference in people's lives, not just for, you know, high end products, but also for the $2 bottle of body wash at Walmart that some families, that's their only option. And they deserve to not bathe their children in neurotoxins and carcinogens and hormone disrupting chemicals. And currently, there is no standard, as we said, either to label ingredients or to use safe ones or anything like that for any products in the market. So um, it was an exciting, super exciting time to be able to go because half of the office's that we visited, and I'll get more into exactly who we visited and why, um, were either on board with the bill and were co-sponsoring it already or had no idea about it. And it was an excellent opportunity to educate the Senate offices that I visited and ask them to look into it and give them some kind of personal stories about why this is important and why it really is for the good of all Americans for them to consider it. So I just thought like goosebumps saying that because I went into the meeting, I went into the weekend thinking like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on in the political climate. Like this is not on anybody's yeah. radar. Nobody cares. Like there's so many big picture things happening. Um, but that's what makes it interesting is that because it's a bipartisan 
issue. And because it's not... It should be a nonpartisan issue. I mean... Right. Like, it's, it, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. it, you know, no matter kind of which side of the aisle you're on. Um, no, of course, there's politics and everything. But yeah. this is not fraught with tension. This is not, you know, a huge issue. And so it's actually something that the Senate is moving to committee because they're like, this might be something we could do something about right we can now. Get done. Yes. Um, uh. So next month, the Personal Care Product Safety Act goes to the Health Committee, which stands for something health-related. Um, <laughs> I don't have notes because I'm exhausted. Um, but the, the Health Committee will review it on April 18th. And what we were doing is asking offices to review it and support it before it goes. Um, and what I would love for everybody listening to do is, first of all, look into it yourself and make sure it's it's something that you know you're comfortable with and agree with, because obviously everybody is entitled to their own personal opinions. But um, for the reasons that I stated, I feel very passionately about it. Um, and if you also feel passionately about it, I would recommend writing a letter or calling your local offices uh, um, <clears throat> and expressing your opinion. So it goes through Senate first. So if you can call or email your Senate offices, that's actually the best thing to do instead of your local congressional districts, although that doesn't hurt either. And if you're looking for an easy button, which I understand we're all time constrained and maybe (laughs) that's the best thing, although honestly, individual letters do have a more powerful message to your delegate offices. So if you're able to do that, I would recommend it. Otherwise, if you're looking for an easy button... Um, you can text Better Beauty to the number 52886, and you'll get a link that you can um, complete an auto-fill form that will send a letter to all of your local offices. So um, that's will take you literally two minutes if you pull up your phone right now and text Better Beauty to 52886. They will send a letter. Um, once you complete, you have to click the link and then complete the autofill in form, and they'll send an automated letter to all of your um, local offices asking is, that they is endorse better, the act. Is Better Beauty one word or two? One word. One word. Thank you. Um, I have I, – I cheated and I looked this up. The Google? But- uh, the Google, the, the Google. I'm actually on the Wikipedia right now. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Uh, so the Help Committee stands for uh, it's the United States Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. And I found out I didn't know this, but uh, the junior senator from the great state of Georgia, where I live, is on the committee. Woo-woo. So uh, definitely, when I send a letter to him, uh, he should be like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be looking at that." <laughs> yeah. So. Um what's really cool, like I said, what's really cool is I went into the weekend thinking, uh, this is, this is kind of a talking point. This is like, what am I doing? Um, this doesn't really, you know, doesn't really matter, but I'm gonna, you know, have my, my voice be heard, even if it falls on deaf ears. And, um, I walked away feeling like I had actually, done something of value because um, we went to the offices of seven senator, seven senators. Um, they grouped people by state. So there were two um, individuals for each state and 
um, each state was represented, was represented. I'm so exhausted, guys. Um, and then they scheduled meetings for each of these groups. And so I was paired with Minnesota, Vermont, Pennsylvania, and then Virginia. So the group of us um, went to our Senate meetings and um, talked with everybody in those offices about why we want them to support um, this to move forward. And um, let them ask us questions or tell us what they needed from us. And one of the things that they said they needed was more people to support it because the more that they hear from constituents, the more um, they obviously will prioritize moving it forward. And it has a more powerful statement to their offices. So um, I kind of always thought that, you know, when you call or when you email or um whatever, it it goes to some like random inbox and sits there for a while. Um, and didn't realize you could actually walk right up to the Senate buildings and talk to your local representatives and that they not only will listen to you, but they want to listen to you. Like it makes their jobs easier to know what people want. They can't read minds. So I got to participate in the democratic process this, this weekend and um, meeting with <clears throat> seven different Senate offices in one day and then um, celebrating that amazing accomplishment in the evening. I um, walked away with a day that started at 7 a.m. and finished at midnight and I'm a little bit in recovery mode today. But um, I will tell you that it was amazing, not just for the reasons that I've mentioned, but also because the group was majority of women, right? And it was for those people who buy personal products, the majority of buyers are women, even though men are using shampoo and conditioner, shaving cream, deodorant, toothpaste, all the things that fall within the personal care um, product attribution. Um, women are the majority of the buyers. And so for to walk into a senator's office with a group of uh, nine women, because there were two of us from each state and then a team lead. Um, and to see the look on their face and to have them say to the receptionist, we're going to need the large conference room. And then to have them write down notes after notes after notes as we talked about the things that I shared with you that, you know, the FDA doesn't have the power, that currently uh, lead is regulated in the paint and your walls because they don't want anyone to eat it but it's not regulated on your lipstick, which is known to be consumed. Um, that, you know, there are stories and stories and stories that everyone can tell about, um, you know, from cancer to infertility. And in one case, we actually met with the senator's office who the staff member we were speaking with had a nut allergy. And she herself had been really frustrated because she cannot figure out if there are nut products if there's nuts in the products she's using because the ingredients aren't fully disclosed on labels and that she's had a couple of incidences with her nut allergy because like it's just not listed as um, an issue. And so she totally like resonated with the issue and immediately they hadn't even heard of it and immediately said, Oh, I'm going to look this up and I'm going to talk to the Senator about it and recommend that this move forward. Like it was, that's all it took was to have a meeting and to connect with someone about like a realization of what was happening in her life. And that 
something so simple that the FDA already has the power to do in every other aspect isn't controlled in personal care products. It's just such a no-brainer to me. Um, I mean, the EU has banned 1,400 ingredients, and even Canada, although not quite to that standard, is way ahead of America. Um, so here we are, like a first world country, and we're decades behind where other first world countries are in terms of protecting their citizens. And I can't help but think that with all the issues that we have with our health and with um, hormones and allergies and all these kinds of things, like what are we doing to ourselves? We talk about it with food all the time, but there are so many other things that go into that. We've talked about plastics. We've talked about, you know, all these things that are affecting our health. And here's something we can do. Like this is something that is completely feasible. We understand the science. We can, you know, test safety of ingredients and we can help Americans have safer products. So um, it was it was incredibly powerful and something I really didn't expect, which I think made me walk away um, even more overwhelmed in a positive way about the experience. And um, you know me, Sarah, I don't hug and I don't show emotion. <laughs> um, but I, I cried tears, like tears were falling down my cheeks um, as we walked away from the Capitol, like when we walked down the hill, it's a literal hill, Capitol Hill um, in DC, when we walked away from the Capitol building down the hill, like I, I was crying because I was thinking about like, all the children that are currently bathing in carcinogens that the parents think like, oh, it has a green label and it says natural. And the kids later have, you know, eczema and who knows what kinds of issues we're giving to people. Um, and we can potentially be making an impact, all of us. If we, this is something we can do. Like this is, this is so easy. It's an easy button if we all just, um, put a little bit of attention on it because it, it has the power to, to move through right now. So I'm a little bit, a little bit overwhelmed, um, and, and feeling emotional if I'm being honest about this. Do you think there's going to be much, much pushback from corporations? And the reason why I asked this is because you brought up like Canada does have much stricter rules. Um, there's a lot of chemicals that are um, banned in Canada and they have much stricter labeling laws. And a lot of at the same time, it's like a lot of the same products like you can buy the same brand name shampoos in a drugstore in America as you can in Canada. Um, and so it, to me, I already feel like well, if they're already making a version that like uh, complies with Health Canada regulations, surely if the FDA was going to play catch up and, you know, ban a thousand chemicals, like surely it's not going to be that big of a deal for American companies to comply. Although I don't know how much of these products are, you know, made overseas and, and shipped and, you know, maybe it may be, manufacturing is going to have to change dramatically. But do you have a sense of like pushback? Do you feel like there's uh, companies that are like campaigning for the other side of this, of of deregulation or yeah, so, lack of I regulation? Mean, currently, it's not really on their radar because no, like they are, they have carte blanche right now. 
Um, and so we were, it was a really good point that you made though, because we actually use that as a talking point with, um, legislatures when we met with them that currently a lot of these products, actually most of these products are already compliant with specifically Canada's regulation because people provide products for both. And they actually have two different formulations. They have like a U.S. formulation and then they have a Canadian formulation. And so it wouldn't be too difficult for them to just share the Canadian formulation with the U.S. instead of giving us um, the the more dangerous. I mean, you, you can look up your own products yourself and um, I don't want to, you know, share the, the the names of brands that um, are necessarily doing this, but it's a legit thing. I, I know there's a, a toothpaste that I really like that's completely different in Canada versus yeah. America. Yeah. And whenever I, I go home to Canada, I grab a couple of tubes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I've heard Canadians um, go shopping at Sephora when they're here because they can't get a lot of the brands um, or products that they want in Canada because of the issues. And it's like, you know, so you just, you're, you, that's it goes both ways. that you're bringing back. <laughs> it goes both ways. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but, so it's interesting. We were talking to the legislatures, like, what have you heard? Have you heard people pushing back? And evidently the only people that are complaining about the bill are actually people that would want more, um, animal right coverage in the bill because in its original, proposition, it did not include anything about um, the protection of animals or animal rights in in sort of like a humane sort of way. Um, And so there's actually a revised version that's um, the one that's probably going to the committee has actually been drafted to include some humane language about um, animals. So it's, it's not quite as much as, for example, PETA would want, obviously, but it, it does include what is hopefully going to be a meet in the middle for everybody. Um, and I will also say that the act as it will be proposed is by no means a, um, a perfect solution on what I would want. For example, um, it will ask the FDA to look at and ban five ingredients a year. So when you're talking about 1400 that the EU has already identified as being an issue. Um, It'll take us 700 years to get there. No big. Just just a little while. Yeah. So the good news for business is that it's not going to overwhelm them all at once, right? Like they're not going to have to take all their products off of the shelf. They will have time to reformulate and integrate. Like it'll, it'll be a while before, Products. Are they going to be capped at seven a year, or they're just asked to do seven they're years as a minimum? Do, yeah, they're asked to do five okay. year. Yeah. So, and that's yeah, five that's years. Its current, yeah, it's, that's in the, its current draft. So, who, you know, who knows? Once it goes to the committee, and then you know they start talking with Senate offices, like, okay, have you reviewed it now? What do you think? And all that. I kind mean, of stuff. there's some pretty feisty senators on this committee. <laughs> if you if you look, there's some heavy hitters. Yeah, on actually, this committee. the two people that are sponsoring the bill are really heavy hitters, and one of the Senate offices that we talked to said, like, when you get names on bills like this, it goes places. Like, it, it doesn't just go someplace to die. Like, it, it actually um, has has a really good chance of moving forward, which is why if you have an opinion on this matter, it would be good to share it because your local offices need to hear your opinion in order to know what their stance should be. So, and we don't get I mean, I don't know that we've ever really gotten political on the podcast before. I think we have intentionally yeah. avoided being political, actually. Right. <laughs> so I don't want this to be taken as like a political opinion. Like I said, there is – this is considered um, 
supported by both sides of the aisle or maybe not by some on both sides of the aisle. I, I don't know. But this is much more about um, general human health and safety. And so it's, um, to me, as much as it was shocking to you, Sarah, I love that you had like an initial gasp at the beginning of the show, because that's, I think, <laughs> what most people think. You think, you yeah. assume that there is safety and testing and regulation occurring, and maybe it's, you know, not sufficient, but it's happening. And therefore, you know, there's some low level of safety. And I think, you know, um, the brand formulator for our, our company was talking and he was saying, um, when he used to work at um, a previous company, which is like a huge high-end brand department stores, um, that their research and development department's philosophy was, if it was unsafe, it would be banned because there are 30 ingredients that are banned in the U.S. Um, and so therefore, if it's not on that list, we're not concerned with using it. Um, and Meanwhile, the users, the consumers, are saying, well, if the manufacturer is putting it in a product, it must be safe because surely the government or somebody is making sure that it's safe. But in actuality, there's there's nothing that can be done. And so unless it's one of those, you know, 30 ingredients, um, formulators can use it and they don't have to disclose it on labels. So, um it's definitely an interesting uh, situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, I do admit to um, being very surprised. Um, but I, um, I think this is one of those, uh, because we have avoided being political on this podcast, because this is a health podcast and um, people can listen to political podcasts elsewhere. Um, but what I love about you talking about this is that um, this is a topic that transcends political parties and associations because this impacts everybody equally. And, um, and you know, what we would really love to see is we would love to see an issue like this be something that actually um, becomes the, the, uh, I don't know, like a rallying cry for both parties to really get something really productive done together. Like, and I think every single American would love to see um, something like this actually get accomplished. Yeah. So, I think if people understood the way that you now understood um, it's kind of a no brainer, right? It's like, why, why haven't we done this already? Um, so yeah, I, I, um, I, there are certain aspects of it that you could potentially have an opinion on, for example, how it would be funded, you know, does that come from business? Mm -hmm. Does that come from government? And that's where writing your own letter with your own opinions, um, could, could be more powerful than a form letter that's not going to cover that kind of stuff. That's just going to say like, you know, we want you to support this moving forward. So, um, if, if it is something that, you know, you want to look into and think about you know, what is your true opinion on this? I, I really encourage you to do that. Um, that's kind of the power of the political system and, and democracy that we have is we each have the ability to, um, use our voice and um, hopefully live in a better country for it. So this is really an opportunity for us all um, who care about health and, um, you know, of our own, of our loved ones. We, I'm sure all of us 
especially if you're listening to this podcast, know someone who's been affected by a number of issues that could be attributed to some of these products and what they're, you know, known to potentially do to people. Um, and so it seems to me like it is an, um, a matter that is important to us all. And I just, I wanted to share that. And obviously if you feel differently, we totally respect that. Um, and that's another reason to use your voice, right? Like if no matter what opinion you have, I, I think it's important to understand the issues at hand. So, um, I don't often get involved in, in knowing what the status of, acts and bills are before they go to committee and uh, the political process and all that kind of stuff. I got a lot of uh, education this weekend. I'm, I'm very familiar with regulation and um, the compliance aspect of it. So I knew about that, uh, but it was exciting to be part of this process when it was actually moving forward and progress was potentially happening and being able to uh, play a tiny, tiny role in that if possible. So um other than that, I spent the weekend um, just doing a lot of, you know, education, like I said, and and also celebration. It was um, uh, quite quite a weekend, and I'm thrilled to be part of a movement where I feel like um, I've grown as a person over the almost eight years that I've been doing paleo. I mean, I think, you know, you and I have, have talked about it a little bit, but after writing three books and our kids saying, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. And, um, having thousands of blog posts and recipes, it just, I got to a point where we didn't feel like we had much value to add to that anymore. Like so many people have such great recipes and, um, it's easy for us to, to look it up and test other people's recipes and, and recommend them and that kind of stuff instead of kind of worrying about creating them on our own. And so it's, it's, um, really, magical. I I don't know how else to put it to have found something that sparked that passion again, and that I feel like I'm able to make a difference in people's lives and help them in some sort of way and expand um, my values of health. Uh, because it wasn't, we talked about lifestyle a lot, but this wasn't something that was on my radar previously. So it's been uh, certainly an exciting journey the last 18 months. And I feel like all of what people shared with us on book tour about their families and their stories and how, what they've done to change their lives in terms of lifestyle from food to sleep, to personal care products, to cleaning products, you know, everything under that umbrella and how they were able to improve their own family's health. Um, allowed me to really fully grasp the importance of what it is we're asking for here. And so I just want to thank everyone listening who has come to, you know, an, an event, a book signing, who submitted a question in this podcast, who's listened uh, week after week for over five years, because your support allowed me to have a voice that really resonated with the people that we met. And I hope that it can make a difference for you and your loved ones in the future. Here, here. Well, I have been uh, uh, busy at work uh, as my energy has been. Um, sl- I mean, slowly, slowly getting back to normal. I'm I'm most of the way back to normal after my really severe allergic reaction, um, 
And uh, I have been using that energy to get ready for the next session of the Automine Protocol Lecture Series. Uh, so the next session starts um, by the time this podcast goes live in like just over a week. So it's going to start March 19th. And um, what I thought would be fun was to share a special coupon code for PaleoView listeners. We like never I do this. Know, we never do this. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a special coupon code for PaleoView listeners. Um, so the code PaleoView, all one word, will give you $50 off the course if you register before Tuesday. Um, so hop onto my site. You can find it really easily on my site. If you just go to the um, main homepage and scroll down, you'll find a link or we can put direct links in the show notes. Um, but uh, the code PaleoView will give you $50 off. And um, the course is, uh, I, it's, I'm tweaking and actually adding some things to it um, after the first session, but the first session was so amazing and the feedback was so ridiculously enthusiastic. Like people just loved this course. And what was, um, one of the things that I really tried to do with it was create a course that was amazing education and value for the person who's completely new to the idea of diet and lifestyle changes uh, for managing illness, all the way to the person who's been following the autoimmune protocol for years, right? Like, and every person in between. And it's, it's, that's a, like a big task to create something that is super valuable as a resource for that entire spectrum. But what was amazing in the feedback was, um, seeing that I was successful in in creating a resource that really provided amazing value for like all of those different people, like at different points in their journey, and it even had in, in the first session I had uh, caregivers who were taking the course to figure out how to best support uh, people in their lives, and I had some healthcare professionals who were taking it just as a stepping stone towards more advanced learning on the autoimmune protocol. So I actually really had an incredibly diverse group. I had people who still didn't have a diagnosis yet. Um, I had people who've been following the autoimmune protocol for uh, longer than I have, which given that, you know, I think I started it probably three months after Rob's book came out uh, is pretty amazing. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it really, it's, um, it, it's, it's something I'm so proud of because it really came together how I hoped it would. And I'm really looking forward to, to running it again with a new group. There's actually, even, even though the course provides, you have lifetime access to all of the course resources. So ev like nothing goes away. Everything uh, is yours forever. So all of the lectures, all of the um, printables, all of, all of the extra resources, the Facebook group, everything that's shared in the Facebook group, everything is yours. And I still had people sign knowing that knowing like knowing that they they have access signing up to take the course again um because like me they're so excited about the kind of discussion that's going to happen with a new group of people and that's so valuable as a, as a piece of the course um that that they they signed up to do it again to be able to be part of that. So um, that to me is, is I, I don't think I could get a better compliment on the value of this course that, that people are willing to take it twice, even though it's like 
they still retain complete access to it. Like that's, it's just amazing. So, um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about running it again. And, um, I hope that some of our listeners who've heard me talk about this, uh, over the last couple of months are excited about a coupon code just for them. I'm excited. So you can get the links to this in the show notes and, um, remind people of the coupon code because I'm assuming that won't be in the show notes. You can only get that by listening. You can only get that by listening. The coupon code is PaleoView, P-A-L-E-O-V-I-E-W, and it will give you $50 off until Tuesday, which is uh, – I gotta, I gotta like quickly consult with the calendar <laughs> because I set this up. You gotta get off Wikipedia, recorded, right? <laughs> gotta get off the Wikipedia help committee page uh, before Tuesday, March thirteenth. So um, by the time this podcast goes live, you got a couple of days to hop on and enroll for the course using the coupon code before it expires. And the actual course will launch on Monday, March nineteenth. Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. I hope that this is helpful. And again, uh, we do have a entire show dedicated to the science of some of the ingredients and common problematic chemicals that you will find in personal care products. And we'll put a link in the show notes here if you're looking for more detailed information on that. Um, and we will be back next week. Hopefully, both Sarah and I will be fully recovered after our um, anaphylactic, uh, reaction and Sarah's allergic reaction and, uh, traveling away for the week. But, uh, we are happy to have been able to check in with you this week and hopefully, um, shared some new information with you. I feel like if we can come here each week and share even one little thing that you didn't know or that inspires you some sort of way, then that was worth our effort. So I'm happy to have, been able to share this with you all today and hope you have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Oh, hello. Oh my gosh. Wait, are you saying... Our sound works right <laughs> off actually, the bat. I actually like fixed my headset before I got on the phone because I didn't want you to yell in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, the yelling was Skype, not me. Right, because this time you didn't yell in my ear. I fixed it. <laughs> All right. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.